Welcome to the new Indian woman and I am your host Krishna. In this podcast, we will examine the challenges faced by us in managing our lives and our families. In each episode, we will also look at the techniques that worked for different women, examine how to adapt it for us in today's context and learn from each other. You will get actionable strategies set in the Indian context on a wide variety of topics, right from identifying your passion to better productivity and parenting. Welcome to episode 5 of the new Indian woman. In today's episode I'm happy to welcome Divya Uma, faculty at Azim Premji University Bangalore. Apart from teaching biology courses at the university, she conducts research in her field, mentors honor students, conducts classes on how to make science interesting, takes care of her mother and also plays the veena. So Divya, we are quite excited to have you here for this discussion. Why don't you start with an introduction about yourself? Thank you, Krishna. As you uh, already uh, told in the introduction, I teach biology at uh, Azim Premji University uh, at the undergrad level. So I teach um, one or two courses mostly there. So I mainly teach the incoming uh, first year students. So when they come in uh, in the first and second uh, semester, uh, they do a course called Introduction to Biology. which covers everything from molecules to ecosystem so i usually take that um that's interesting because um it allows me to read new things on almost like every year there is something new happening in biology these days so we i try to bring in that content that those concepts and talk to them talk talk about that with students so that course is always uh, keeps me on my tips and uh, um, that's interesting the other course which i really like is uh, an elective called animal behavior i also enjoy teaching that course that's uh, the teaching part of what i do in the university and apart from t- taking classes uh, there are a lot of other things at the university like uh, as you mentioned we all of us as faculty we have to uh, mentor students particularly since apu believes in hands on kind of mentoring so it's not just you know uh, every faculty is assigns students but it's not just that okay how are you and whether everything is all right but we actually know what what their interests are what are they doing and how actually these undergraduate students are doing on a day to day basis so we keep a close connection with our uh, mentees and we also enjoy having a personal rapport with them we try to do that and there are honor students uh, which you know if we want we can uh, take honor students to guide them uh, they do a short research project over a year and depending on their interest and our own interest we uh, guide honor students also these are some of the things which uh, we do at apu and uh, as far as my personal life is concerned yes uh, my mother stays with me i would not say that i am taking care of her but both of us stay together and it's nice to have her um, here in bangalore uh, earlier she was in shimoga and right now uh, she is um, retired from her work and she's um, staying with me here in bangalore it's nice to have her in bangalore and um, we enjoy a lot of time together mostly both of us work independently she does whatever she wants to do and i do whatever i i do for apu and but we do have 
very pleasant moments for lunch or dinner or breakfast over the weekend and there's also um, a lot of friends and families in the areas which we enjoy visiting and as you told i also play uh, i enjoy playing veena and is like listening to music so and i um, teach uh, veena to um, a friend's daughter so that oh, also happens on the weekend I didn't know that and about the time you spend with your mom you put it so wonderfully so tell me uh, divya so this whole thing of biology is an area of expertise and within that animal behavior is it something yeah. uh, that you from childhood you wanted to do that or is it something which something which happened during the course of your life where you found interest in that much later So I um, grew up in Shumoga which is fires from Bangalore and I was mostly an outdoor I enjoyed you know being outdoors and um, and Shumoga had a lot of nature around it and even in uh, just in front of our house we just all of us I think most of us in that age group or even now kids like being outside so I was just one of them um so it's not that I was particularly interested in animal behavior or Uh, something like that but i did get opportunities to just be with nature and um, uh, i remember this very fondly um, there were this uh, bird which used to nest in the garden um, in front of us and every year it used to have this little nest with three um, deep red eggs and i used to watch it you know eggs hatch and um, all these little babies coming out I, i used to just enjoy watching those kinds of things and just being outside but i i mean i didn't have any exposure that okay this can be taken up as a subject mm-hmm. so um i just like being outside i enjoyed you know as any other kid i guess watching discovery or national geographic at that point of time actually in shumoga um, many of my friends wanted to become uh, either doctors or engineers at mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. knew that that's something which i did not like particularly um my mom um was a doctor uh, the pediatrician and she didn't force me to um do anything you know you typically what happens is okay if some your mom or dad are into some profession then they'll say that oh why don't you do this so she just let me be whatever i wanted to do uh, i had the choice of doing that so i knew that i didn't want to become a regular mbbs doctor mm-hmm. so um so at that time uh, microbiology and biochemistry were the subjects which were picking up at the bsc at the undergrad level and there was this uh, course in mysore university which uh, my mom found out that it had a um, nice combination of it had biochemistry microbiology and botany as a combination oh my god uh, so mm-hmm. I went there to study and one thing I think uh, which I really want to thank my mom is she believed that everybody has to stay independently in a hostel hmm. to learn to be independent and to explore the world so she wanted to put me in a hostel and I'm really grateful for that yeah. so, <laughs> so while we may not look forward to the initial <laughs> days of the hostel when you go there yeah. but on hindsight it's a wonderful experience it, yeah. it shapes you in many ways yeah exactly so um, i i would say that i mean when i see um, students in apu staying in hostel and um, actually that the the facilities these days is so much better when compared to what we had earlier sure absolutely so, true yeah 
So actually, um, for my BSc, it was biochemistry, microbiology, and botany. And later on, I went on to do a master's in biochemistry because we had a really nice teacher in biochemistry who inspired us. Yeah. Uh, but then only in uh, in the master's degree, when I was actually um, doing more serious work in the lab, I realized that that's not really what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a psychology department just next to the biochemistry department where this um, very uh, famous professor called Meva Singh, he uh, used to work on macaques. So these are primates. Mm-hmm. He used to work on um, uh, monkey behavior. Okay. And I was fascinated with that. So I used to spend a lot of time going and going, attending you know, lectures by him and um, other um, stuff related to zoology or um, animal behavior around that time. Mm-hmm. So my interest shifted from biochemistry to more ecology and um, behavior. And then um, I took a two or three years um, break after my master's. Okay. Uh, where I explored, uh, you know, more about um, animal behavior. So that's when I kind of I took a liking for animal behavior. Wonderful. So in this story, I can see so many influences. And especially I am like uh, attracted to these influences of teachers. And often, you know, we, when we speak to people, we hear the powerful influences some teachers have had, like in your choice of biochemistry and later on this particular professor. Mm-hmm. So um, in your current role, you were also talking about, apart from taking specific courses, you also perform the role of a mentor. So it, it, it has come to a full circle where now you are in a position where you are influencing not only the students who are in your class because of that particular subject, but also as a mentor. Yeah. So could you share a little about that? How, how does, uh, you know, that whole cycle of it, you know, now being in a position to influence, inspire youngsters, especially when I say youngsters, there is a different kind of influencing that can happen when somebody is at a school going age, but at this age that you're talking about, undergrad level, mm-hmm. uh, it's especially powerful. The children are have just come out of their homes and they are um, taking decisions about which area they want to focus on. Yeah. So there I feel the power to inspire, influence is so much more. So could you just talk about that aspect? Basically, that influence at that particular age, when they're, you know, 18, 19 year olds, when they're exploring a lot of different fields, uh, I think we can make a lot of difference. And I don't actually think about, okay, how we can influence them, but whatever I'm excited about, say I read something um, interesting, and I'm sure that, you know, there's something new that the students can learn from that too. So I think it's not a conscious effort of, you know, oh, I have to, you know, influence students or I have to um, um, let students know this, but you just share your excitement and if they're interested, they'll pick it up. That's one way. The other thing is uh, sometimes they don't know, uh, students won't know what is the, what are the things that they can do or what are the things that they they can apply. So a little bit of coaxing also helps in order to, you know, get them initially get them interested in certain things, um, especially when you know that they're good, but they might be shy in applying or they might be, you know, in a, especially in APU, it, it sometimes feel that they're into too many things and 
they may not know okay which one to apply or which one is good yeah. so in those cases you might have to actually use your influence in in a way where you are actually telling them no you have to do this this is yeah, for you good true, plan true. okay okay i got it <laughs> so anyway so the passion for the work drives all these things right yeah. where you are you know looking for current things and yeah that's nice so i just wanted to uh, also when you spoke in your introduction about the so many areas that you are involved in how is a typical day like i'm just focusing on how you manage your time and that aspect of it could you just talk about how your typical day is yeah my typical day would be would start very early <laughs> so um, and as you know that in bangalore commuting uh, is a big challenge so i stay um, quite far around 25 kilometers from my workplace <laughs> so that means that i have to beat the traffic in order to get to the university uh, around 8 o'clock so um, i start around 6:50 uh, it's not 7 o'clock but it's <laughs> 6:50 <laughs> i know it makes a huge difference minutes. yeah 10 minutes make a lot of difference so um, we carpool uh, and um, um, luckily we don't um, i don't have to go in every day because on the days which i don't teach um, usually um, i don't end up going and i work from home that is just to save some commuting um, commuting time mm-hmm. uh, but yeah day starts early um, so sometimes starts at 5 o'clock where i get up and do a little bit of reading if there is time or basically get ready for the day and um, the typical day is yeah on um, it re- really depends on uh, what i'm doing at apu so if there are classes then few hours uh, goes in um, class and uh, if there are no classes um then many hours goes in class preparation so though i have taught a class uh, or or a course earlier um every year um the course is somewhat new because you are constantly looking at how to make a subject interesting mm-hmm. uh, it's not just delivery of a content but how do you make it interesting and um so i know that say for example certain topics are boring for me also mm-hmm. so I, it's boring for me i'm sure that it will be boring for students so <laughs> so i have to ma- make extra effort to find material online these days there's so much interesting stuff online so mm-hmm. that to, the challenge is not talking about a subject but talking about how to make it interesting i think that's what we uh, try to do in apu mm-hmm. where um, there are a lot of information online and you'll have to search to get the right interesting article which is not too difficult but at the same time it's easy and enjoyable so mm-hmm. that students can read that and get the point so or designing some new lab or designing a course curriculum document or uh, you know collaborating with other um, faculty or other scientists elsewhere both in apu or elsewhere in other institutions so all these things happen behind the scenes so class okay. um, just taking a class is just i think it's a minor thing Uh, mm-hmm. which all of us do but there are a lot of other things which if you consider research uh, then it uh, starting from writing a grant proposal to hiring a research assistant to help you with doing um, you know in assisting you in doing the research work um, writing manuscripts analyzing data collaborating with other people so these are the things which um, actually have come to like as part of this job because mm-hmm. um, while i was doing phd or postdoc it was mostly 
research mm-hmm. and uh, focusing mostly on that okay Whereas, as a faculty there are many many dimensions many levels mm-hmm. uh, and many aspects of biology or uh, about biology you, you kind of involve yourself so you are constantly multitasking which you have to learn on the job because as students nobody tells us to as a phd student yeah you're not multitasking as much as you do as a faculty faculty hmm, hmm. so that's something which all of us have learned on the job and we can't say we are good at it but we are, we are learning so yeah. uh, at any one day we are doing all these things and then um, come back around on days which when i come back um, home i'll come back around 6 o'clock and um, i think uh, exercise is extremely important to keep me uh, going so i do go to yoga okay some days and otherwise try to jog a bit okay um, and then um, yeah then it's dinner time and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how that's how typical day goes but i would say that yeah uh, on the days which i don't go to a, uh, university all the reading and writing happens on those days okay so how uh, do you think uh, do you plan your free time uh, and i am interested also about these these slots of uh, you know 2 hours kind of free time or even these 10 15 minutes because i always face this challenge and i have seen many people talk about this that the free time i wish i had a continuous slot of 2 hours but because free time tends to appear in these small pockets of uh, 10 15 minutes here and there Uh, which can get lost very easily in looking at your phone or generally you know you thinking that you will get a bigger free time so how has it been for you yeah that's a, a very important question i think and um at i think when i'm in the university if i get 10 15 minutes i don't think um, i'm very productive in those um, um, short gaps except mm-hmm. maybe i would have you know if i'm very planned on that particular day um, then yeah those free time can be utilized in emailing mm-hmm. on the you know getting back to pending email so that's what small chunks of time gets used up for okay if there is a good one or two hours of time then yeah definitely it goes in more constructive uh, you know either class prep or um, doing something I mean, there are uh, continuously there is something or the other happening. So um, many times I do feel that there is always a backlog. Uh, okay. Work and this this is something which is it's not like people uh, there is anybody is telling us to do that, but it's uh, self created. You know, hmm. you know, you are always into different things, and then um, there is not enough time to kind of finish it. everything everything and, uh, but that happens for all of us so which means if you were to like imagine the day of uh, clearing the backlog and then experiencing free time is not going to happen it's like a kid at the beach waiting for the waves to stop to then go home you <laughs> know it will never happen <laughs> so yeah. so i am talking about uh, the free time what you would like to do it's not that i'm working all the time i like to um, uh, play veena and even just attend music concerts um, that happens occasionally um, and uh, i also like to paint so when oh. i'm in the mood um, sometimes i paint um, and yeah meeting friends calling friends for dinner 
um, all those things. So weekends are um, at least one of the weekends goes in these kinds of activities. Oh, wonderful! Um, it doesn't happen uh, much during the weekdays, but uh, yeah, uh, Ranga Shankara, for example, is nearby. It's a theater. Yeah. Place, and uh, I do uh, enjoy uh, attending some going to, going for some plays. Um, or going to a bookstore so all these so how does that happen it happens like uh, it's like uh, you plan for it I know if it is an event uh, for example then it has been planned but I'm talking about generally you plan this is what I want to do this weekend or is it something more spontaneous I'll tell you where I'm coming from yeah. uh, because in this area of uh, productivity or managing time kind of uh, focus uh, there are two schools of thought, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody fits in completely into either. But when we talk about planning, uh, having a to-do list and planning your time efficiently, etc., there is this other school of thought where they say then the spontaneity is lost. Things are much more enjoyable if it is spontaneous. Uh, so I am very curious on that aspect of how I know when it comes to work, at least we say this much time is towards work, okay? Like I'm saying our working hours, there is something. We decide sometime that we have to do some extra work. So that is fairly clear. But when it comes to free time is where sometimes we leave it for spontaneity or not. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, I'm sure the listeners are also, uh, about this aspect. Do you do you say okay i should also interact a lot with my friends or whatever or i should at least uh, a play that i should list, uh, watch or yeah i know it definitely uh, for me at least it is it depends on my mood and it is quite spontaneous it's it's not very i don't plan my free time unless there is a play or a movie or a concert that i'm really keen on attending okay. which is which is fixed and i would have planned probably like few days in advance for that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. apart from those kinds of fixed events upper, uh, other uh, activities is definitely quite impulsive and depends on you know who is available or what my mood you know <laughs> what i want to do at that okay. particular point of time what do you think is the biggest technique that has worked for you in managing your roles uh, like you were talking about multitasking and i completely agree that it is not an it's not something where you can master it you keep learning at it uh, but my question is what do you think is the biggest technique that you use maybe a mental technique or what how exactly you do something uh, i'm focusing on gain time management productivity efficiency etc where what has worked for you? Typically, I'm, I would think that I'm more or less organized. I do have a things to do list on a regular basis. Um, and I think I learned that from my mom. And uh, most of, I mean, basically, in my family, my grandmother or anybody for, for that matter, were kind of organized. So I saw them being organized and getting things done mm-hmm. um, not saying that oh there's so many things to do or like not in a complaining way but just doing it okay uh, so um, that's one thing which has worked and I've just 
it's not like i have uh, nobody has told me to do that but i've just picked it up by seeing how others function mm-hmm. uh, the other thing is not uh, um, dwelling too much upon what has happened if something has happened something wrong has happened or something something um, it is if there is some difficulty or if there is some disappointment not dwell too much about that mm-hmm. but to kind of um think about it but then move on move on yeah so that i think um, uh, has also helped me to kind of to and treat every day as a new day mm-hmm. and not not think that oh okay this has happened to me or like not brood on things or not get stuck upon things which are difficult or which are problematic so i think that those kinds of techniques um in general has helped helped to be organized or to manage time you come across as a very confident uh, person do you remember when you first became aware of this i'll tell you the context of asking this question yeah I, when i meet women uh, many uh, most often i meet women who regardless of their age okay or what they have achieved sometimes uh, you know the confidence levels is where i see a big thing of you know some somebody i wish they took more help in terms of improving their confidence um because just with a boost in confidence i feel many more people can do so much more so i feel very happy when i see somebody very confident and i wa- i'm very curious to figure out when did they become aware of their confidence you know so for some people it may be when they are independent in terms of you know financially being independent or sometimes it is because when you like when you have a job or when you are in the career that you always wanted to be in there are those moments when you feel confident so when we look up look back sometimes people see themselves in their very young age hmm. as a very uh, what do you say not confident child yeah um, not maybe not confident maybe there is inferiority complex whatever and then there is a sudden blossoming that happens sometime yeah uh, you know so was it like that for you do you would you be yeah. able to share when you became aware of this and something more on that yeah um actually i was i don't know about this con- uh, the being confident but i was uh, i was very shy earlier mm-hmm. even till masters i think i was quite shy mm-hmm. even now i'm quite uh, i'm quite shy i don't like to kind of even this kind of a conversation i'm not very good at but uh, i think yeah one part is yeah definitely probably teaching has just being front of people and people. Uh, mm-hmm. has made me confident uh, i used to play veena um, from a young age and i used to um, you know so i didn't have stage fear in that manner okay so i used to play in front of people and mm-hmm. not like i was not sca- i was not scared in that in that kind of a manner but i think this this whole confidence uh, i think came about when i went to us for phd mm-hmm. uh, where i think uh, i was generally exposed to a lot of different aspects of life and different culture and um, how different society works so i think that helped me a lot in terms of uh, confidence building and I, that was a huge step for me uh, being abroad and managing things on my own uh, that gave me confidence mm-hmm. 
um and in my family my both my grandmother and mother um, are um, independent women so those are my were my role, role models so i haven't seen anything otherwise so i think just be being independent and doing what you want to do so uh, my mother and my grandmother were my i think my greatest biggest influence and their lives in their lives yeah they have acted quite independently and um, and they were both, both very strong women so i think wonderful it also yeah. comes from that very often when you think of a woman uh, working in a city like bangalore which has its oh. own uh, you know there are judgmental within courts uh, qualities about being in bangalore kind of right oh. so and um, you very uh, you normally hear stories of um, people who are on their own having fun uh, and uh, certain types of fun you generally hear stories of only partying and you know if you are there in the city as a young woman you have arrived and everything is out there for you kind of a thing mm-hmm. this kind oh. of stereotypical images so i'm very heartened to uh, see your you know hear about your um, you know story oh. of uh, living responsibly uh, having fun uh enjoying with uh, your living with your mom and considering her your role, role model it's so nice to hear that somewhere the stereotypical images are getting shattered i feel i feel so nice about that no i think uh, i i was never a party loud music and partying kind of a person hmm. but um, but it's not like i'm not social um, yeah so there are these I, notions generally yeah, of yeah. somebody you know you, you know if you say somewhere to someone that you are in bangalore and uh, uh, you know you are young you are working you are independent these are the notions which forms so somewhere mm-hmm. um, not that anything any of that is wrong but somewhere yeah. it is about not being responsible that is the mm-hmm. underlying judgmental thing that i hear mm-hmm. uh, you know which is where i am seeing a difference i i wanted to ask you another thing maybe a slightly related do you agree that we uh, yeah. i am trying to fit myself into your generation types so <laughs> i know you are quite younger than me uh, do we enjoy much more freedom today as women mm, i am talking about this in the context of our mothers grandmothers kind of you know as compared to them and what does freedom mean to you like what is your idea of women using their freedom responsibly what are your thoughts about it yeah i do think that um, there is you know there is lot more freedom um, in our present generation than earlier mm-hmm. um, especially um, definitely there is freedom to express what we uh feel like or what we what we think mm-hmm. uh, at the same time there are also restrictions because um especially you know if you are living independently if you are alone mm-hmm. there is with the freedom comes some kind of responsibility i mean that is you see everywhere even if you are say say for example in um uh, the university hostel there is a lot of freedom for them to do whatever they want to do but at the same time it comes with responsible being responsible even at that you know when they are teenagers when they are 20 something um, mm-hmm. with that freedom yeah it comes with responsibility so that applies to all age groups not just 
our age group or younger age group it applies to everybody so hmm. so there is definitely freedom but there's also you know you, i can practically pretty much do whatever i want to do at this stage of my hmm. my life go i can definitely go to a pub and party or i can sit at home and listen to music and cook with my mom or i can go to a music concert and the way i want to behave and i want to uh, execute that freedom comes with some bit of responsibility so as long as i think we are people are aware of that mm-hmm. I, i think it is good but it, it's the um, a different age group one learns to handle that kind of a responsibility mm-hmm. okay i think at my age group i know that the responsibility i have mm-hmm. whereas maybe at a younger age um it's slightly more difficult to get that freedom and and be responsible mm-hmm. okay another thing is uh, before um, winding up right so yeah. uh, i uh, request uh, my guest to share something in your own yeah. mother tongue or uh, uh, mother tongue or the regional language you are comfortable in because sometimes people are not comfortable in their mother tongue so whichever some regional language Yeah. maybe inspirational maybe just a message maybe something from your favorite book or character or whatever it is okay. because um, this podcast is for indian audience and uh, we are sure that there are many people while english has become a mode of communication across many of our languages uh, yeah. but listeners of that particular language would love to hear okay sure i can uh, so my mother tongue is kannada mm-hmm. and then i can talk talk in kannada i don't know what uh, anything know. anything oh. as a message any line whatever sure. something that comes up sure um <laughs> it's it's little difficult to switch to kannada immediately <laughs> because actually i studied in kannada medium ah, okay uh, till uh, high school and uh, i'm glad i did that because i can read a lot of kannada books now that's a wonderful of... <laughs> thing that you shared because many people i've seen have this complex that yeah. they, you know i haven't studied in english medium and hence i have an accent or hence i cannot talk in english uh, or they are not comfortable and that becomes a huge complex associated uh, with that uh, whereas uh, after because i also come from a small town Mm. and after coming to bangalore is when i noticed that uh, this this notion of no, you know some superiority associated with knowing english somehow i yeah. felt is not there in bangalore yeah. so uh, you know as much as it is there in small towns uh, so there is, it's like okay you need a language to communicate it is exactly. okay if your grammar is wrong if it is uh, whatever yeah. and uh, so that is point 1 and point 2 having th- the ability to know any of the regional languages to be able to read books in that language true uh, i mean makes a huge difference yeah it is wonderful actually kannadalli en helbeku antandre namge yen ansatto adanna drudavagi nambadre finally now yen now ankondirtivo adu agutte salpa time thogabodu but adago tanka persistent agi andre adanna prayachal bidde ಮಾಡಿದ್ರೆ ಆ ಕೆಲಸ ಮಾಡಿದ್ರೆ ಅದಾಗತ್ತೆ ಯಾವಾಗಾರು ಒಂದ್ಸತಿ ಆಗತ್ತೆ ಸೊ ನಾನು ಒಂದ್ಸತಿ ಶಿವಮೊಗ್ಗ ಹೋದಾಗ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ಒಂದು ಹುಡುಗಿರ್ ಕಾಲೇಜ್ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ಮಾತಾಡಿದ್ದೆ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ಎಷ್ಟು ಜನ ಹುಡುಗಿರ್ಗೆ ಏನ್ ಅವ್ರ ಏನ್ ಅನ್ಕೊಂತಾರೋ ಅದ್ ಮಾಡ್ಬೋದ ಅನ್ನೋದು ಕಾನ್ಫಿಡೆನ್
ಅವ್ರದೇ ಲೈಫು ಬಟ್ ಬೇರೆಯವ್ರು ಹೇಳ್ದಾಗೆ ಅವ್ರು ಮಾಡ್ಬೇಕು ಅಂದ್ರೆ ಅಪ್ಪ ಅಮ್ಮಂದ್ರು ಹೇಳ್ದಾಗೆ ಅಥವಾ ಅವ್ರ ಅಂಕಲ್ ಹೇಳ್ದಾಗೆ ಓ ನಾವ್ ಏನ್ ಇಷ್ಟನೋ ಅದ್ ನಾವ್ ಮಾಡ್ಬಹುದಾ ಅನ್ನೋದು ಅಷ್ಟು ಕಾನ್ಫಿಡೆನ್ಸ್ ಅವ್ರಿಗಿರ್ಲಿಲ್ಲ ಯಾಕೆಂತಂದ್ರೆ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೋಜರ್ ಇಲ್ಲ ಅಂಡ್ ಏನೋ ಅಷ್ಟು ಯಾರು ಆತರ ನೋಡ್ದೋ ಮನೆಯಲ್ಲೂ ಯಾರು ನೋಡ್ದವ್ರು ಇರಲ್ಲ ಆತರ ಅಥವಾ ಬೇರೆ ಹೊರಗಡೆನೂ ಇರಲ್ಲ ಸೊ ನಾವು ನಾವು ಏನ್ ಬೇಕೋ ಅದ್ ನಾವು ಮಾಡಕ್ಕೆ ನಮ್ ಕಾಲ್ ಮೇಲೆ ನಾವು ನಿಂತ್ಕೊಂಡು ನಮ್ಗೆ ಇಷ್ಟ ಇರೋದನ್ನ ಫಾಲೋ ಮಾಡಕ್ಕೆ ಮಾಡ್ಬೇಕಾದ್ರೆ ಪ್ರಯತ್ನ ಮಾಡ್ತಾನೆ ಇರ್ಬೇಕು ಅದನ್ನ ಪ್ರಯತ್ನ ಬಿಟ್ಟಿದ್ರೆ ಇನ್ಯಾರೋ ಇನ್ಫ್ಲೂಯೆನ್ಸ್ ಮಾಡ್ತಾರೆ ಸೊ themselves. most of the time they end up listening to what their parents say or the uncle say or whomever some people in their life who say i think this is in the context of decisions about what you want to be and uh, i'm not talking about the day to day kind of a stuff but the decisions the important decisions about your life uh, but maybe you do not have the exposure but if you decide you can make it happen and if you don't decide others will decide for you is that right yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct, absolutely. Okay. Put it in much better way than that. Okay. So, thank you so much, uh, Divya. Thank you. This has been The New Indian Woman with your host, Krishna. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will tell your friends about this podcast. In case you haven't already, please subscribe to this show by clicking on the subscribe button. This means... You will get my new episodes automatically and you will be able to listen to them every time I publish the next episode. Do visit my website thenewindianwoman.com for related blogs on this topic. Of course, I would love to hear from you. You could rate or leave a comment in your podcast app or write to me at krishna@thenewindianwoman.com. Thanks once again. I look forward to more sharing in the next episode and please don't forget this you are amazing fill your life with lot of laughter and fun only you can do it